0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: And Judy is screening your calls right now. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, Download that puppy now or give us a call with your questions about your animals. Could be anything, behavior, medical questions, grooming questions. We got you covered here. That's how we roll here. Uh, Coming up in just a few minutes, a young lady who uh, has a bucket list or had a bucket list for her dog. Her dog was diagnosed with uh, some kind of terminal illness. I'm not sure what, but we'll find out. And uh, she decided to create a bucket list for her dog. I wouldn't know what I'd put on my dog's bucket list beyond hamburgers. Yeah, I was going to say cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers, which is my bucket list. window. Right. Yep, yep, yep. yep. (laughs) Swimming
2: in the ocean. You could do all sorts
3: of fun things. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I guess so. I I should start a list right now for the dog, too. When when
3: people publish those (laughs) lists, they are always just, I mean, just get a box of Kleenex because they are (laughs) such, such good stories.
1: Also on the way, we have another young lady who has a pit bull as a service dog.
4: I think that's awesome. I've, I've never good seen one.
1: I think good for her. I think, though, that she must run into some kind of trouble. I don't know where she lives. I know in Denver, they're banned. Pit bulls are banned. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't imagine how that would work in a city like that. I believe she's in California. We'll find out more mm-hmm. about her situation and why she chose a pit bull as a service dog. And I see that Joanne's planning on calling in. Joanne, Worley. Yes. We'll be calling in again. She's
4: sometime during the show.
1: I don't know when. She's a becoming a regular. It seems like Yeah. frequent visitor. Always fun. She, of course, heads up the actors and others for animals in Los Angeles.
4: You know, I, I just all I picture every time I hear is the laughing, and Martin's laughing from yes. years and years <laughs> and years ago. Well she's yeah, does that stuff. laugh that she did. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it says something here that she wants to talk about being right pod or left pod.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I have to. I've never paid attention to my dogs. I know that dogs right, can be
2: like pee on the right or the left. Like boy dogs will lift more on the right versus the left. Oh, really? Left. Really? hmm I've counted. Yep. Now,
1: do they align with the magnetic fields? I also hear the dogs will...
2: That too. Yeah. That Mine too. doesn't do that. She doesn't
4: do it? No, she spins and sometimes she points different directions. She doesn't always point north when she... Poops.
3: Oh. There's a little girl dog next door who who lifts her leg. It's the funniest <laughs> thing because she like lifts it out in front of her. She's a Pomeranian. Yeah, <laughs> and la- she just like ladybug <laughs> so lifts her leg.
1: Like
4: first. a boy dog, she does. She'll she'll squat, but she when she's out walking, there's like a fire hydrant. She'll lift her
1: leg. And then uh, Molly, who comes here and visits uh, uh, frequently, she actually gets up on her two front legs sometimes. And just, I've seen that. Yeah. Yes. it's really bizarre. So yep. how do we get to talking about? <laughs> How are your animal mm. peas? Thanks, Joanne. You've led yeah. us down that that path. Uh, she'll be on with us in just a few minutes right here. But first, the most important part of the show, and that is you and your call. So let's go to the phones for Dr. Debbie right now. And let's go to Doug. Hey, Doug, how are you doing?
5: Hey, doing great.
1: Where are you calling from today?
5: Uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. I'm originally from the Bay Area, but i uh, lived here for a long time.
1: Well, how how can we help you? i got the whole team here for you.
5: Oh, wow. Okay, see, we've got a um, uh, one-year-old uh, Jack Russell that we're, we're um, sitting for his owner, who will be back in July, and we'll probably see him again from time to time and take care of him. And uh, I think he's got some separation anxiety. I'm not an expert, but uh, he um, yeah, when he came to us, we weren't able to really uh, have him obey or do any any simple tasks. Even sit, he didn't even know how to sit. Um, hmm. We're trying to trying to figure out how to help him uh, maybe calm down. We know he's a highly energetic dog anyway, very loving dog, uh, but he doesn't know his boundaries, and he has problems with barking at night if if he's not in or any time if he's not right in the room with somebody. Okay. Um,
2: so, is he doing anything else besides the barking?
5: Uh, any other
2: behaviors that are abnormal?
5: Yeah, well, he has chewed up a few things. He did chew one of his toys up, uh, fast, much faster than he normally would. Um, he hasn't really chewed on things like furniture or tore up anything of ours.
2: Okay, uh, and then so when you've have you left him alone and gone places?
5: Yep. Okay. What, what's he
2: done when you've left him alone?
5: Uh, basically, as soon as uh, his owner instructed us to put him in in his cage, his carrying cage, which is about three feet by two feet maybe.
6: Okay. And
5: um, he'll be fine. You know, He'll go in there on his own. He'll be fine until we leave the room. And then he'll start to yip and then a little bit uh, soon he'll bark and we can hear him from outside as we have to go to work or go somewhere where we can't take him.
2: Okay. And is he having any accidents? Is he pottying in the kennel when he's being left alone?
5: Uh, not in the kennel, as far as we can tell. But he did. He just had one um, accident where he piddled on the floor, but it wasn't anything big.
2: So when when his parents brought him to you and said, "Hey, can you watch my baby?" Did they say that he had separation anxiety or any other kind of problems?
5: No, not at all. <laughs> okay. okay he's very so very friendly. He'll he'll go to he'll go to his cage and he won't bark at all at night. He'll go right to his cage and go to sleep and he'll be fine all night. That's what he said. Okay.
2: <laughs> so he's good in the kennel all night long? Uh,
5: well, when we the first two nights we didn't get a lot of sleep. So is that
2: kind of what what his norm is, what his patterns are? That's what I'm trying to get at. As far as his family, they, he the, the dog normally sleeps in his kennel at night and that's he not a problem in at, the home setting?
5: We're not sure if he sleeps in his kennel at night or if he sleeps with his owner, which we have allergies, so that's not an option for us so we're not clear the owner didn't uh uh, before leaving the country we had two days before he left and we kind of got him on short notice
2: okay so 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 that's going to kind of muddy the waters here a little bit because we have a couple unknowns we need to know what this dog's norm is if he normally sleeps in the kennel and that's his norm and he does that reliably then he certainly could be having anxiety and separation anxiety from his pet owner. Now, if he normally is accustomed to sleeping in bed with them, he could also just be reacting to being confined. And there are dogs that definitely, when you change the rules on them, or if they're confined and they're not, acclimated to that, they'll have confinement anxiety just for, you know, being in a small area, not being able to get out. So yeah. this is a little bit challenging and I'm not real certain how I can advise you on this because, you know, obviously if we knew he was a bed sleeper, I'd say, gosh, you know, we're trying to change the rules on him and that's going to be a very hard thing to do in the time frame you have him. As far as a couple things I can advise is when we do have a dog that is having challenges sleeping through the night in a kennel or acclimating to a new arrangement, new home, um, some basic things that we'll try doing. One is ramp up the activity level of this little guy. And Jack Russell's, you know, th- they're made for, like, <laughs> endurance. So yeah. as much as we may think that we could tire him out, um, we need to go beyond that. Um, but getting him physically... Um, exhausted and really just kind of working off that energy during the day hours will help him to settle in at night and be more comfortable in his surroundings, even if they are unfamiliar. So that uh, was uh, really a big challenge there. Um, uh, he, the, uh, he
5: doesn't uh, He doesn't do well with a leash either. Um, it's like he's in uh, like a wild horse.
2: Oh, jeez. Okay. So clearly this guy needs a little training and, and it is not going to be necessarily your job nor your ability to train him in the short time you have him. I think we're just trying to find a solution. For- or kind of the short term for everyone's sake. So if that physical activity means throwing a ball, um, it may mean yeah. even some do- dogs will do laser pointers and have fun chasing those around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or throwing yeah. multiple toys where you can switch out. So if he doesn't like to retrieve, because not every dog likes that, you, th- you have a handful of different toys. You throw one to one side of the yard. He gets it, plays with it. Hey, then you got a new one. Hey, look at this one. And you throw it in the opposite end. You can still exercise him if he doesn't play those kind of normal games i yes. Um, so those would be that's the number one thing is wear this boy out as much as possible the other things that i would do is because we don't really have permission to use medications we don't know his medical history so we that's all off the table we can't even go there so i would talk about some of the natural remedies and some of those things might be things like pheromones which i talk about all the time on this show but i do believe in them i've used them myself for my own pets and they're the natural scent hormones that have a calming effect on dogs and what i would certainly do is pick up one of those that's Like kind of looks like an air freshener, a diffuser that goes into electrical outlet, and have it in the dog's kennel zone. So basically, in the room where his kennel is at at night, and that actually can help to calm him. Um, If we can put a pheromone, it's spelled P H E R.
5: Pheromone,
2: okay. Yeah, pheromone, and um, so, and then we can also get that in a collar format if he's you know capable of wearing a collar. It's just kind of like a little, almost looks like a flea collar. But that's one natural thing that we can certainly do. Um, some of the other things are kind of, um, you know, actually music can be very calming for dogs. So there are audio tapes of doggy lullabies that you can put on at night. But even just some sounds, sounds of the ocean. If you have a sound machine or your alarm clock has that kind of feature on that, to let that run at night can can actually give him something to kind of tune into other than the well for you the barking but also to kind of help relax them and and especially classical music country music and um lullaby music they have um a repetitive rhythm that can actually be quite calming for dogs so um that That's would be something I'm going to tell
5: else you, we did we did have success a few nights with pleasure playing, playing classical music that was surprising to us that he really took to it, but it uh, hasn't worked yeah. tonight. night.
2: And, you know, there's natural supplements and things as well. But, like I said, you know, we don't know his history and, and what we can, you know, use in his situation. But I really think that, you know, the, the physical exercise is a big one. And then also, if he is fussing in the middle of the night and you're comfortable that he isn't in trouble or having problems, let him be. Because when you do go in there and he's barking and you... Kind of go in and you get him out um he he's not learning to settle in, and if it sounds like if he did pretty good after those first two nights, then just need to let him kind of settle into things, get acclimated to your routine and then um yeah. you know, once he comes out of kennel and he's a good quiet boy, then you reward him, you know, give him you know approved treats and you know love and pets and and, and really try to positively reinforce that quiet behavior, which is is a challenge sometimes Jack Russell's are just always on <laughs> fast forward. Yeah.
5: That's right.
2: I wish we could bottle it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, good luck with that. And um, you're Thanks doing you a great thing, taking care of this baby's friend. And um, I just uh, I feel for you both in the
0: situation here. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: You found us. We are Animal Radio. To my left, Judy Francis. To my right in the newsroom, Lori Brooks, Dr. Debbie here, Joey Volani, groomer extraordinaire. We're all here to answer your calls. I'm Hal, by the way, but you can just call me. I think we're on a first-letter basis. You can just call me, huh, just like that. We're
3: <laughs> what the are the cat guy, as we yeah. call you. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, we are just about 10, 10 minutes away from talking to Lauren Watt, and she had a dog uh, named Giselle. A very big dog. I don't know what kind. The picture here, what kind of dog is that?
4: I think it was an English Mastiff.
1: English Mastiff. 160 pounds. Holy moly. It's like a person. Yeah. It's more than a person, some people.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And this uh, dog was diagnosed with some kind of terminal illness, so she decided to give the dog a bucket list. That's awesome. She wrote about it on Yahoo. It went absolutely viral, and then she was asked to uh, make a book about it from Simon and Schuster. And she uh, has a brand new book out. So we'll talk to her in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, What's coming up in about five minutes,
3: Lori? We're going to talk with uh, talk rather about there's a dog. He's known as the White Eyed Dog. And he does a lot of work with children and making them feel better because he's got a disease that gives him these white eyes. We're not talking white eyeballs. It's the white skin around his eyes. Uh-huh. And we'll tell you how he's working with kids that are doing this. And he's really turning these kids around and giving them lots of confidence and, you know, newly found great attitudes and happiness. So it's a good story.
1: That's on the way. Now it's about you. Leanne, how are you doing, Leanne?
3: Good, how are you?
1: i a little cold. But you're on the other side of the phone, and <laughs> you won't get it.
2: Okay, <laughs> This is Dr. Debbie here. Can I help you? Because he surely can <laughs>
8: <laughs> Okay, yes. I had a question. I have a cat that I've had for four years, and she is continually, like, clawing me. She doesn't really, like, like me, and she likes my husband, but she won't really have much to do with me. Okay. I mean, I have scars all over me where she's, she'll just all of a sudden run up and claw me and take off running.
2: Hmm, okay. And uh, what do, is there any difference in how he interacts with her as far as, you know, who feeds her? Who is anyone handling her, picking her up? No, I do everything.
8: I feed her. He he works out of town. Okay. And, and she's, she'll jump up with him and let him pet her all over. And she'll even come to me and let me pet her like twice, and then she'll just claw me and run off.
2: Okay. All right. Well, the, the, some kitties um, are kind of what I would call aloof in general, and then some can be downright aggressive at times. And, and some of this w- will fall back to individual personalities. And for many cats that are this way, the first thing I'll ask people is, how do you feel about another cat? Yeah, <laughs> um, i like when- I mean, that'd be fine one with a similar personality, because the worst thing you could do is bring in a very laid back, low key cat into the situation. But in many times, cats will act out with this kind of behavior when they're bored, they're looking for attention, they get you to yell, say, hey, Um, and, and they've won already at that point. So you've already rewarded the behavior. So cats are so sneaky when it comes to these things that we have to kind of look at what their motivation is and how we're responding when they do these things. So she doesn't sound like a kitty that's going to be a snuggler kitty and um, I would definitely with her not even really push the physical contact issue with her so um, she wouldn't be a cat I'd really um, get into a whole petting or trying to hold her unless we had some really good rewards for her Um, something that she could do it on her terms and we feel like she could get away without any fear Um, So that's the big thing. And and to use really food and treats as your reward for her. So if you feed her and you just put the food down, that's great. But um, she's not looking to you really as any kind of source. So um, I would ask you to try to feed her smaller amounts. And uh, sometimes this is where we pulled out canned food and to have you present that to her. And um, to just talk to her. Don't um, initiate a lot of physical contact. Don't approach her. Sometimes not even to make eye contact contact and to just kind of, uh, either sit there quietly or to talk in a soothing voice and to read her body language. You know, if you are around and her ears are back, her tail is swishing back low and she's looking agitated, um, to step back a little bit because otherwise we could push the scale over the edge and she's going to kind of lash out at you. So that's really with the difference with cat behavior and dog behavior is they usually give us some hints on what their brain, uh, waves are like, um, by the, their physical, um, actions beforehand so that's the big thing and then i would um see about using some um uh, pheromones in the home uh, the little plugins that release the calming cat hormone that can help to make um, cats with a lot of anxiety problems um or behavioral problems it kind of helps them kind of feel a little bit more relaxed in their surroundings and that's a good non-medicine way to go um and then uh, the option of getting the other kitty might be a really valid one um, that can help to keep her entertained and to um, you know, give her an outlet, um, someone else to run and play with and in a more cat-appropriate way. Um, if you did that, I would just ask you to make sure you get a, a young, preferably a kitten, because the last thing we want to do is bring in a mature cat that she's going to have potentially more issues with um, in um, accepting into the home. And then really give this girl her space and uh, just kind of uh, let her set the pace when she feels comfortable and she wants you near. You pet her once and you walk away, and and that's what you have to do is really just watch those signals before she starts to get um, agitated and discontinue contact or handling. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. Well. Good luck with that, Leanne. Uh, thank you. And thank you so much for calling. This is Dr. Debbie. I'm your vet friend, and I'm looking out for your pet friend.
1: Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more over at redbarninc.com, and thanks so much, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not
7: shop. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers, just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. (whistles) Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity.
9: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
3: I'm Lori Brooks. A Chicago man says he was concerned, you can imagine, to find an electric shock anti-bark collar around his dog's neck when he picked her up recently from a pet daycare center. He had been taking his dog, Maya, to Posh Pet Day Spa twice a week for almost a year when, earlier this month, he picked her up and noticed this unusual black collar around her neck. And now, the collar was actually clipped to the inside, the underside of her normal collar that she wears. The owner says that there was this big black box, which is usually about, about three inches long, maybe an inch deep at the most, and this was um, placed, that box was directly over her throat. Hmm. So, so now if you've seen one, you're probably thinking, yep, that is a shock collar. Well, the owner took photos of it. It was a, a Pet Trainer Pet 853 anti-bark electric collar, which the manual says stops barking with progressively increasing sound and shock impulses when the dog barks. Furthermore, he says one of the pet daycare attendants was watching as he, you know, looked and saw, discovered this collar on his dog's neck, and he asked her why it was on her. And she said, well, obviously the dog was barking too much. Well, it turns out that this was a a new employee of the daycare spa. So next, a local TV investigative team questioned the owner of the Posh Pet Day Spa, who says that it was put on Maya, oh, by accident, because she and her daughter both use those collars on their own dogs. Now, I think at that point I would have been (laughs) totally freaked out to think that, oh, no, I had trusted someone to watch my dog that thinks that that is okay to put a shock collar on a dog. Uh, Not in my world and not in in most uh, humane people's worlds, although some trainers do use them. But apparently, the daycare center even sells those shock collars. And when the investigative reporter asked about the collars, the manager said that they're a training device. And she sells them because she finds them effective. Needless to say, the dog owner is now looking for a new place to take Maya. Okay, on a much lighter, loftier note. Good. Recently, the French Air Force has started training eagles and other birds of prey, too, but mostly eagles. ...to literally snatch drones from the sky as a defense against criminals, terrorists and any other drone pilots who happen to invade restricted airspace. The Dutch National Police were actually the first to use eagles as a counter-drone measure. And now the French say they intend to have a trained squadron of eagles ready to take to the sky this summer... ...to deploy to airports and other sensitive areas where unauthorized drones could cause big problems... The Dutch police chose this low-tech solution of eagles to the drone problem due to birds of prey having amazing aerial hunting skills. Imagine. They say eagles can identify and target drone-sized objects from as far away as two miles, and then they're able to snatch and carry prey that weighs up to four pounds. So snatching a consumer drone out of the sky would be no problem for them but this is not a catch-and-destroy mission in every case. Young eagles with specialized incentive training are taught to bring those drones to the ground intact rather than ripping them apart in midair, which reduces the chance of hurting people below. Now we hear, by the way, that the UK is looking into using birds of prey to guard prisons from drones trying to bring in illegal contraband.
4: Hmm. Isn't
3: that incredible? Dogs are capable of the most... Amazing things, aren't they? Sure. And sometimes, in most cases, they don't even know they're doing it. For example, a dog that has the same disease as two children do, they're being comforted by this dog who also happens to have vitiligo. You're going, hmm.
1: Yeah, what is that?
3: It was uh, the skin disorder that Michael Jackson had. Ah. When he got those really white patches of skin. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, a lot of times, he was trying to to camouflage and and you know make them so that they couldn't be seen. But it was a, a big problem, emotional problem for him. Mm-hmm. Vitiligo is a an autoimmune disease that causes patches of skin to lose their pigmentation. So, eight year old Carter from Arkansas and little ten year old Ava from Canada, these two kids both recently got the chance to meet Rowdy, a thirteen year old Labrador Retriever who is also known as the White-Eyed Dog. They got together at Rowdy's home in Oregon thanks to a crowdfunding project. I love that all of those people came together Uh to make this whole group thing happen. Therapy for the kids. Carter's mother says her son has done a complete 180 since meeting Rowdy, and she goes on to say that Rowdy's owners, quote, in her words, could have very easily just decided that they had this very cool looking dog, but they took it much further and made it their personal mission to reach out to others. And it's because of them that my little boy smiles again and is proud to tell people about his vitiligo, just like Rowdy has. That's awesome. Have you seen a picture of Rowdy? I have. Yes, it looks
4: funny. I mean, he looks strange. He's adorable. This black dog with these big white circles around both eyes. He's
3: cute. But but the patches are different. It's not what you would think is, you know, like a St. Bernard with black patches around its eye or something. Yeah. They have... um it's it's a different kind of white it's i mean you notice that it is something different it's striking
4: so, i think it's gorgeous it really
3: is i'm Lori brooks get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com this has been an animal radio news update brought to you by fear free The
9: veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
10: Hello Animal Radians, it's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, 5 Things You Must Know About Your Dog. Most of us know the basics about our dogs, but there are definitely some critical things that we must know for their safety and well-being. Knowing these 5 things can make the difference in your life and your dog's life. Let's begin with knowing the breed of your dog. I know this may sound strange to some, but there are so many pleasant surprises, also known as mutts, that it can be confusing. It's important to know what breed your dog is for a variety of reasons, including potential health conditions, personality traits, exercise needs, and so much more. And if you're not sure, there are some reliable DNA tests out there that can help you with guidance about the breeds your wonderful pooch is made up of. Next is knowing what foods your dog enjoys, thrives on, and also which ones they may be allergic to. Knowing that your pet is allergic to a specific food can make a tremendous difference in the health and mental well-being of your dog. Many times, allergies to foods are contributing to unwanted behaviors. And it's also important in avoiding additional medical issues, as sometimes the manifestation of health issues relates directly back to the foods they're eating and having an adverse reaction to. Also, many dogs are food-driven. Use their favorite foods to reinforce good behaviors and also for training opportunities. Next, know what your dog enjoys. Again, this should be obvious, but often people will comment that their dog doesn't do well doing this or that, and they're surprised. And one of the more common ones is swimming. I know my dogs don't like to swim, so expecting them to swim or pushing them to swim will most likely end up in a negative experience. Know what they enjoy and build additional activities around that. Remember, this is not only a great opportunity for you to bond with your dog, but it's a great opportunity to reinforce training and positive behaviors. Speaking of behaviors, you must know that your dog will react the way you need them to in a dangerous situation. If your dog doesn't respond to your commands, and in particular I mean sit, stay, come, and release, then you need to make that a priority for their sake and those you encounter. Finally, you must know your dog's daily health situation and have a team that works with you to keep you informed and your dog healthy. You need to check your dog daily from snout to tail to feel if there are any changes that may slowly be occurring. Additionally, your groomer, your dog walker, your pet sitter, and of course your vet are all key members of your dog's health care team. Ask them if they're noticing any differences or changes in your dog. Share your must-know-about-your-dog tips on our Animal Radio Facebook page.
3: Dogs or cats, horse or emu,
8: animals are people too. Hello. Hello. Hello?
3: Can you hear me now? In Germany, birds have been found to be imitating ringtones on cell phones. Ornithologists believe it has something
8: to do with the new green areas becoming popular in urban settings. The birds move in and are introduced to the sounds of the city. Many of the more common ringtones are actually imitations
3: of bird calls. So the birds, in some instances, are mimicking other types of birds. Birds use their call to find a mate, mark their territory, or scare off danger. They may add these ringtones to their vocabulary, but they never lose their ability to call in their native tongue. Stop calling me! Stop calling me here! I'm Fritz Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
6: Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network, and remember to spay and neuter your
1: pets. Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the Brilliant Pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks, and the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com.
7: Hey, this is Josh Demel on
0: Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. We'll head back to the toll-free lines from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android, and we'll head back that direction in just a few minutes. But first, we're going to visit with Lauren Watt. She has a brand new book out. It's called Giselle's Bucket List, and I imagine the title probably says a lot there, but we'll find out. Hi, welcome to the show, Lauren.
11: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: So the new book is based on a viral bucket list that you had at one time, is that correct, for your dog?
11: Yes. Yeah, that's correct. A couple of years ago, I wrote a story about, yeah, a bucket list I made for my English master, Giselle, and that went viral and is what led to me telling her bigger story.
1: What was on Giselle's bucket list?
11: Yeah. I mean, it was a dog bucket list, so it was quite simple. Sure. Um, We grilled a steak. We ate ice cream. (laughs) Saw Times Square. Rode in a canoe. That might have been our most extreme event was the canoe ride. <laughs> and she loved um, it, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she did. I mean, she was a huge dog, so we had to you know, figure out a way to get her in the canoe, but it worked. <laughs> um, we also went to the beach. That was amazing. I'd never been to the beach with her before, so it was fun to do that for the first time.
1: What kind of dog is G- What's Giselle?
11: She was an English Mastiff, so she was about 160 pounds. Holy moly. Why
4: why would you get an English Mastiff for a New York apartment?
11: (laughs) I know, I know. Everyone says that. Um, I got her when I lived in Tennessee. Okay. So I had her in Tennessee first. She kind of started off as our family dog, and then I loved her so much that I brought her to college with me in Tennessee my senior year, and then I made the decision to move to New York City and I said, my best friend has to come with me. So <laughs> I brought her. But Mastiffs can be I kind of ideal apartment dogs. They're called gentle giants because they're so laid back. So uh-huh. we did okay.
1: <laughs> did she uh, live through her bucket list?
11: Um. She, well, yeah. I mean, I added a lot of things to the bucket list, sure. but I knew... Um, I didn't know how much longer I I had with her. She was diagnosed with bone cancer. Um, mm. So she lived for six months after she was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And then she passed away on January 7th, 2015. But yeah, I mean, we got to do a lot of things. And, uh, you know, making a bucket list was a way to try and make new memories with her when I, instead of being sad about losing her, so...
4: How old was she when she passed away
11: she was almost seven so unfortunately not very old but the big breeds just don't live right. long enough right. <laughs> I feel like no do- no dog lives long enough but
1: of course <laughs> did it change your life did it make you think you want to live your life differently at all
4: and do you have yeah. a bucket list
11: I do and that's that's kind of what um gave me the idea to get to make one for Giselle I would always kept lists myself, making, you know, writing down things I wanted to do was kind of why I moved to Manhattan. I'd always wanted to live there and I wanted to push myself to go for it and try new things. You know, we only get to we only get to live so long, so it's like I always wanted to fill my life with as many experiences as possible. And so when I found out Giselle wasn't gonna live much longer, I wanted to do something to make the most of the time she had left. So, yeah, it was really just a way to try and live in the present and enjoy the little things in life, and that's absolutely something I'm still trying to do every day that mm. isn't always as easy to do as we hope.
1: Sure, sure.
3: Isn't that just mind-blowing when you have a video that you just think is you know, so personal to you and then just the thousands of people think that it's as wonderful as you do?
11: Oh, yeah, that was... That was the craziest part of all is I wrote the bucket list story and it went up and my first thought was, is this embarrassing? Like, is anyone going to read this? <laughs> and and all of a sudden, my inbox was flooded with people who could relate and knew what it was like to love and lose a dog. And some of the emails I received from people were just so touching and so kind and yeah it was a really unreal experience I just I think it's cool that so many people can relate to what it's like to love a dog and unfortunately they don't live as long as we do so everyone can also relate to what it's like to say goodbye
1: sure Uh, well she may be gone but not forgotten for sure in the in the new book called Giselle's bucket list my life with a very large dog tell us about it
11: yeah so I had Giselle from the ages of 19 to 25 so I was going on, you know, a lot of things are going on through that time. I, I finished college. I was trying to figure out who I was, trying to find my footing in the world, looking for my first career. And Giselle is my best friend, and she was a constant through it. Um, it was also a hard time for me because I got Giselle the last summer. My whole family would live together under one roof. My parents would soon get a divorce, and my mom struggles with drug and alcohol addiction. Mm. And she actually bought me Giselle as a kind of a a gift to make up for some things and trying to keep me on her side. And so a lot of it's about that, Um, learning to deal with my mom's addiction and trying to love unconditionally. And yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you think dogs can teach us so much. And Giselle really, really helped me grow up. So
1: It's an awesome book. Now, do you have any uh, animals in your life right now?
11: I do. I recently rescued last year a dog named Betty, and she is a Basenji mix. So she's about 30 pounds and nothing like Giselle at all. Um, She's really (laughs) hyper, always into things, and she's a funny little creature.
1: (laughs) I have 10 copies to give out of this book here, Giselle's Bucket List, My Life with a Very Large Dog. If you can't get on through, head on over to Amazon.com or uh, your local bookstore and ask for it, Giselle's Bucket List. And uh, Lauren, thank you so much for
0: hanging with us today.
11: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of
0: course. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
1: Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So, when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you
0: and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks, and now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And this hour,
1: in fact, she's on hold right now. Joanne Worley has just called in, just out of the blue. I don't know, this wasn't really she's expected. She is our friend. Yes, I think is. it's kind of cool. But she's
4: the animal's friend, too.
1: She really is. She is, of course, the director of, and I believe president of Actors and Others for Animals. And she sits on the board with uh, notables like... Uh, Fritz Coleman, if you're an L.A. person, you know Fritz Coleman, uh, Loretta Swit from MASH, and a whole bunch of celebrities that have joined together to bring awareness to the spay and neuter issue and the problems surrounding that. And so she said she would call in and just, just say hello. Apparently she read something in the paper this morning about animals or dogs in particular being right pod or left pod, and she wanted to share that with us. Hmm. Okay. So that's just right around the corner. We're also going to talk to a young lady who has a pit bull as a service dog, which is kind of an unusual service dog. Yeah, I
4: would you think. think of labs, golden retrievers, German shepherds. Sure. Yeah. Sure.
2: I know of pit bulls that are service dogs. You so do. I have. Yes, I have a client who is in a wheelchair, and he has a pit bull. And oh, I've wow. seen other ones at some of the service dog classes. So they're there.
1: Has he talked about whether or not it's uh, trouble to have a pit bull as a service dog?
2: He hasn't really. He, I guess because he's already like you know visibly visibly handicapped. handicapped. Um, okay. I, I don't think people give him a hard time, but um, I, I would wonder you know if it wasn't something so visibly apparent if uh, you know a pet owner would run into that problem.
1: Well, I think it's a good thing, definitely. And I I think that I've always thought that most, most people have a bad misperception. It's a misunderstood dog, the pit bull. It's a, it's a dog that a lot of people think are very, very dangerous because it gets a lot of news headlines.
4: You know, and it's always been dogs over the years. The, the Rottweiler, Rottweiler German the Dobermans. Shepherd. You know, Dobermans, I wonder yeah. what's going to be
1: next. Sure, certainly. Yeah. Uh, Denver, which you would think of as a very modern contemporary city. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, this is the city where you can drive down the street and buy an ounce of pot. You can't <laughs> have a pit bull there because they have banned <sighs> the breed. Wow. Jeez. So Unbelievable. Uh, Anyway, we'll, we'll ask her about that and uh, see if she's running into any adversity and find out what her handicap is. Uh, what are you working on over there, Lori?
3: There is something horrible, actually, that has been going on in, uh, in one state where uh, so far police are looking at three different cases where people have lost their pet that's not a crime or anything. So what's going on? Well, they've lost their pet. And after, you know, they've posted ads and, uh, put posts online and stuff. So after a while, somebody calls and says, Hey, I have your pet, you know, let's do this. They make really good friends with the person. Mm -hmm. And then they find out, ah, this is a total scam. The person is lying about having their pet.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is important to know, especially if you lost a pet or plan on losing a pet.
8: (laughs) I don't think anybody out there will take advantage of it. yeah. 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 Okay.
1: Let's go to the phones. Hey, Lorraine, how are you doing?
8: Hi, I'm doing great.
1: Where are you calling from today?
8: Huntington Beach.
1: You sound all happy.
8: Yeah, well, I'm, I've got a new family here, the new kittens. Oh, are you the one that,
1: I was going to say, oh. your your voice sounded so familiar. You called in about two or three weeks ago. You have some feral cats that, exactly. or a feral cat that was pregnant, preggers, That's and ready to, to, to bust.
8: That's her.
1: And so what oh happened?
8: Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah, tell well, me, what's the update? Did, she had him outside, but she had him in a place that I had made for her. I can't believe that she did do that. And um, I made like a little bed for her and a, an old clothes hamper and put it outside, and she actually had them in there. she
1: she actually used that.
8: That she did, I know. And then right. I brought her in that I brought her. I just picked it up and brought her and them in. and she's been fine. She's just been fantastic. Good, she good. She's, goes out once in a while. In fact, she just came in. I think she heard me talking about her.
1: So is she turning oh. from a feral cat into a domestic cat? She is.
8: That what, is. She's turning into, yeah, she's, um, she's taming pretty fast.
2: How many kittens?
8: So she had six.
2: Six? Ooh, big family already. Yeah, big six. <laughs>
8: yeah a big family. And um, their eyes are just starting to open today. Okay, yes. And, yes. Um, is that right, around 10 days?
2: Yeah, I'd say about 12 days to as long as two weeks. Um, okay, it can take that yeah. Long. So, yeah, you're so they're
8: fine. Starting open. One of them has one eye open and one eye shut. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cute. He's like, ah.
2: I think and that's he, how I would want to wake up in the morning, you know. <laughs> it's yeah, just like right, slowly right, right. Just with time, one eye. <laughs>
8: just in time for baseball season, you know. <laughs> Go Angels, that's what we say. So, um, I hope that she doesn't, you know, get tired of them. I don't know. You know, she's been a good mommy and that. I just hope that one day I don't let her outside and she just decides to take off. Do you think there's any chance of that or...
2: I mean, less likely. I mean, she's got her home base, so feral cats have kind of their territories that they live in, so it doesn't sound like that's going to be the thing. Now, when we had talked last time, we talked about what are we going to do with these kittens once they're on the ground. Did you make any connections with any kind of uh, humane or rescue groups in your area?
8: Um, No, we'll keep them throughout until they're ready to give away. Um, I'm handling them, like you said.
2: Okay, great. They're
8: totally sweet, and they're totally... She's letting me... um, she doesn't seem to mind at all. She, she swatted at me a couple times or hissed, but um, for the most part, um, she does not mind them being you know handled and um, I've had my brother over to see them and a couple neighbors, and she's mm-hmm. been really good about it. So That's they're um, totally gonna be domesticated. So as far as I can tell,
2: what we definitely recommend is these kittens will be weaned between four and eight weeks. And this is also the time when they are most impressionable to the effect of humans. Okay. So now if these kitties, if you leave them outside until they're three months or four months, all the work that you're doing, they're going to start picking up cues from mama's feral nature. Okay. So you can kind of run the risk, not that they can't become adoptable, but most you know, cat groups that work with ferals will try to get the babies out before they start to really pick up a lot of those kind of social cues from tendencies. their mom. So okay. so about eight weeks is when we would really talk about getting these guys out of there and getting them into an adoptive home. Okay. If that can't happen, you can still, you know, do what you're doing but realize we're not gonna have maybe the, as easy a job um kind of dealing with just uh, you know, some of what those kind of uh, behaviors well, that yeah, they're gonna
8: I'm pick sure up. From that, you know, now they just sleep and you know, pretty much sleep and you know, eat and sleep and and that's it. They're and
1: so, mom lets you uh, play with the, the kittens. She,
8: she does. I hold them, and they they sit with me. And I put, you know, I sit on the couch and watch a movie, and good. have one of them on my <laughs> lap this morning.
4: So oh,
2: yeah, wonderful. she
8: totally does. So she's a good girl. Well, good.
2: Hey, and we remember we did talk about getting her uh, spayed.
8: Yes, we did. And I'm I okay. I talked to my vet. I have a parrot. And um I get special food for him at the pet store and I talked to him, I'm Doctor Cuddles, he's wonderful. And I <laughs> asked him he is not he will not spade the wild cats. He okay. just says it's not worth it for him to oh. get hurt or his yeah. so he referred a couple of places for okay. me. So we are checking into it. Um it is gonna be a you know, it is gonna be quite a major thing. Um I wish that they could give me something to put like in their food, and so we could handle them better to even get them there. But I doubt they'll do that. You know, like no, no, and, or,
2: and and usually for feral cats, what you're really going to want to do is really either you know get them out and have them trap her if you can't catch her. But oh, but that's really her, the way yeah. that no, yeah. I and th- there's. And he's right. There are people that work within, you know, the trap and release or the rescue networks that really have their skills down so they know how to handle these cats. Right. And the idea is you can't really handle them because mm-hmm. you put them in a clinic situation and it is so foreign to them. You know, it is, it really is. They act like a wild animal because it is just so unfamiliar to them. So yeah, um, if, if he's not comfortable doing that, I you know, I respect that and that he's, um, you know, referred just to some good people. But I would really, at any point, we need to get her out of there and get her spayed. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, they're, so- they're,
8: they're the only time that the two, him and her, are in contact is when I'm in view. So I'm not not letting them. You know, he he does come. He's in the house right now. Um, he must know, know that we're talking about him, and um, he comes in and he's seen the kittens. But you know, I don't let him near. He just walks by. He acts like a proud father.
2: Well, please. that may be, but do not do not underestimate the call okay. of hormones okay. and the call of the wild. So, okay. you're not going to tame uh, his drive or her drive to to do the naughty. Yeah.
4: Okay. Dr. Debbie, how soon can she get pregnant after giving birth?
2: Right away. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. She's she going to get pregnant, well, pregnant she's now. she's nursing. Yeah, right, yeah. Yep, that's why I'm saying she's yeah. got to do something. Get your male neutered now or get her spayed. You've got to do something or you'll be in this boat again okay, in yeah. just a short time. Okay, yeah. yeah, right. And there's other
1: reasons other than population control, too, to get them spayed and neutered and that has a lot to do with their health and, and various cancers that they can get. Is that correct, Al?
2: Right, cancers. But I'd say the biggest thing is for cats that are on, unspayed and neutered they roam. So they're going to be more exposed to infectious disease. They're going to get more fights. Um, they're going to be more apt to be injured, well, you know, than being out I in... remember, yeah.
8: Won't it mm-hmm. tame them a little bit, actually, their personalities? To some, de-
2: to some degree, but, you know, if we're de- talking about feral cats, you know, th- we're not really going to change their personality, because they have already uh, established their, you know, their lifestyle, and we're not going to change that. Do you consider these that. cats feral, though, anymore? I mean... If we have a cat that's living in the home and you can do anything to this cat that you can do to yours, then no, we might not call it feral or it might be a feral that we've tamed back to domestication so they're more comfortable. That's what I um, would
8: say. I mean, I could pick her up now and... I mean, she's living in here. She's,
2: she's you know what that means then? She's and... your baby now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so sign her up. I would def- definitely get her in and get her get that surgery done right away. Yeah,
8: right. Okay.
1: Lorraine, thank you so much for checking in today and telling us about this wonderful news.
2: Well,
8: thank you. Uh, I have one other question. I noticed today she did pick up one of the kittens and take it out of the box, actually.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
8: she. Um, why would she do that? And is that going to be a problem?
2: No, it's not unusual. Sometimes she may be relocating, um, so um, you know she may find another spot she wants to move them to. Okay. Um, well, we kind of yeah. want to
8: keep them in this area, but I mean that's you know we, we live in a kind of a apartment down by the beach, and you know it's not huge in that, and it's just a good place for them here where they're at. But
2: yeah, it's a, it's a normal be behavior that she's going to do. So do. Yeah. okay.
1: Sounds good. Hey, will you send us pictures or email pictures? I Will I will. Okay. I look forward to that. We'll put those up on our Facebook page. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you. Take care of yourself.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Attention sports fans.
6: Now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home. With Dish for about 50 bucks a month Free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All American Dish right now.
10: 800 380 4452. 800 380 4452.
5: 800 380
0: 4452. That's 800 380 4452. Hi, this is Dean Koontz on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. The following program is a repeat of an earlier broadcast. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio,
0: and Joanne Worley has been on hold
1: here for uh, what 15 minutes now. We should probably answer, yeah, speak I to her, take and the we'll, call. we'll do that in just a couple of seconds. We'll also take your calls, uh, Lori. You're just a few minutes away. What do you got coming up?
3: Well, coming up, let's say, what is your favorite animal smell? I mean, you probably have a lot that aren't so much your favorite, but (laughs) there are a few good ones. See, I was just going to say that too, puppy breath. Puppy breath? Yeah, That's a good smell? Oh, yes. That could could be one of them. There's a company out there that has has come up with a new good animal scent that you will be able to spray all over yourself and everywhere else.
1: You should love this, Dr. Debbie. You love smells good (laughs) and bad. I do.
2: And you know, I sometimes just really love the smell of my dog's ears really just to yeah mm. not, you know, not if they're infected or anything just to kind of put your nose up and go It just it just makes me kind of cuddly and I <laughs> uh, just want to hug them and yeah,
1: yeah can I just say Dr. White is uh, the uh, Mr. Dr. White The your other half <laughs> is a very 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 lucky guy yeah. oh. <laughs> uh, so if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie right now if you have a question about your animal it's free on the animal radio app you can ask your questions directly from that app Miss Joanne Worley, welcome back. Hey, how you doing?
12: Fine. How are you, Hal?
1: Ah, Splendid. Splitting atoms over here.
12: (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) You're doing doing the good work. Good for
1: you. Well, thank you so much. Of course, Joanne, you head up Actors and Others for Animals. Yes. Uh Which is a great organization based in Los Angeles whose mission is to really uh, bring awareness to spaying and neutering, right?
12: Yes, we try and stay focused on the, the pet overpopulation. And figure if we can help uh, take care of that, the other things will fall into place. It takes a village, as you well know.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Judy's passed me a note that uh, you have some interest in whether dogs or cats are left pawed or right
2: paw. Oh, is yes. Like you
12: know, uh, we humans were either right-handed or left-handed, and of course the d- doggies can be uh, south paw-, paw or not. And if do you know if your dog is a righty or a lefty? Because dogs exhibit. Paw- preference it's called Wow I did not know that but curiously the percentage of right to left-handed preferences doesn't seem to match the us uh, humans. Uh, while statistics show ninety percent of humans are right-handed, wow. research at the University of Manchester in England suggests that dogs are split evenly down the middle.
1: This is just applying to dogs. Doesn't speak to cats, does it? No,
12: this is just uh, the doggies. I would think. Uh, have you ever seen a cat shake hands with people? Uh, no, Some I. Some give high fives occasionally. I've seen one that will, that's trained that does a high five. Yeah, yeah. with yeah. what paw?
4: I don't know.
1: (laughs) You see, that's how you tell, I guess, right? Yeah,
12: Yeah, right. Try
2: and give them a Maybe it's not shaking hands.
1: Now, are you left-handed or right pawed?
12: Uh, I'm uh, right pawed. (laughs)
1: Because <laughs> they say people that are left-handed are very creative and you're a very creative person. so I would have taken you for a left-hander.
12: Well actually, thank you I will take that compliment though. that left-handed compliment. <laughs> 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 uh, but what and you what are you
1: now? I, I am left-handed, but oh. I, I, I guess I do actually use a bat. Uh, baseball bat with my right hand yeah. and i play guitar right-handed uh, okay so i'm a, like the dog i'm a little bit yeah. of both
12: see and i'm
4: left-handed
1: too
12: i always heard that if you were left-handed you were more intelligent oh,
1: oh I don't know about well, that. yeah, yeah.
4: i guess there's an exception to the rule
1: I, I do remember in school and this is back in the day when i used my left hand for a scissors the teacher would come over and force me to use my right hand with the yes. scissors hmm. that's Oh, see,
4: and the teacher tried to force me to put the pencil in my right hand, and I'd put it in my left, and she'd smack my hand and come up and put it in my right, and I just, oh, wow. I couldn't do it.
1: Yeah. You hear that, kids? Yeah. I want you to know that when we went to school, it was tough. We actually had to go.
12: Yeah, and you had to walk through the snow, Drift, right? <laughs> For two miles. <laughs> tall, over your head. Yes. <laughs> well,
3: you know, they also say that left-handers are more easily hypnotized. Really? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I'd never Have you that. been hypnotized? No, really? I haven't. I'm right-handed, and uh, I have tried to be hypnotized, and it didn't work. So, Hal and Judy, I'm, I'm asking you two to go and try it. Okay. okay. W- what about you, Joy?
12: We got two ladies talking there, and I, I, I don't know that I've met you all. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, this is Judy to my left. You know her. To- I, I talked to Judy earlier. Yes.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. And to my right is Lori
12: Brooks. She's our news director. Lori, are Hello, you the Joanne. one who's right-handed? Yes. Okay. Now, now I got a, a good picture of what to, what it is. <laughs> High five! There you go.
1: <laughs> we thank you so much for spending time with us today and uh, telling us about left-handed and right-handed, or right pawed left pod animals.
12: Okay. And uh, and uh, do you want to uh, talk about our fun- upcoming fundraisers? Not till July twenty third. Hell yeah, I do. Here in um, actually in Burbank. It's going to be our local NBC weatherman oh. has donated his one-man show to us to raise money for actors and others for animals. Nope. Mr. Fritz Coleman. Fritz Coleman. Fritz Yay! Coleman. he's still around. Wow. wow. You know what? <laughs> How old are
1: you? Well, he's he's been around for a while now. I mean, yeah. he's. I. Do
12: you know? Did you know that before he became a weatherman, he was a stand-up comic, and he, he is still a stand-up comic, and that's what his show is uh, uh, based on. You
1: now, know. Here's what I don't understand: Is he still looks the same now as he did 30 years ago?
12: Yeah, I don't
1: get that either. <laughs> I don't know how that works either. So he's uh, going to be at this event, and it's on July. When is it? July when?
12: Twenty third. It's the, the the actual show is going to start at seven o'clock at the El Portel Theater. At six o'clock, we'll have a you know a silent auction items. We have. Uh, the last script that Cheers ever filmed. Oh, really? All signed by the cast.
5: Really? Wow.
12: And that... we may be uh, doing a live auction with that. I'm not. I'm not sure.
1: If uh, we want to find out more about it, it's got to be on the website, right?
12: Yeah, actorsandothers.com. Actorsandothers.com,
1: and don't forget, we put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Joanne, thanks for hanging with us again.
6: Thanks. Hal. You are My always welcome. You're, okay.
1: Bye now.
12: Bye. bye.
9: This is an animal radio news update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes a pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com.
3: I'm Lori Brooks. Lawmakers in Colorado have moved along a proposed law there to allow online pet sitting platforms to operate legally in the state, despite concerns from kennel operators that doing so could endanger pets or put existing doggy daycare centers out of business. This proposed bill, called HB 1228, would change the current law that requires anyone who boards another person's pet for money to be licensed. Now, it would allow these online platforms like Rover.com and Doggy Vacay uh, that link pet owners to potential pet watchers, it would allow them to operate legally and would limit also such contract sitters to no more than three pets at one time. These websites are a big growing part of our so-called sharing economy, uh, emerging along with things like, you know, the ride-sharing services like Uber and short-term home rental sites like Airbnb to give others uh, an alternative to long-time business models like you know, taxis or hotels, so it's different, but, you know, like every proposed law, not everyone is happy about it. One doggy daycare facility owner there says current Colorado law regulates how large the boarding kennels must be and how much time dogs and cats must spend outside of those kennels protections that are not included in this proposed new law. Now, on the flip side, three lawmakers who voted against committee approval of the bill, they say this bill does not go far enough to end the current regulations that have led to Colorado Department of Ag inspectors virtually knocking on doors of online pet sitters and threatening to fine them for not complying. The only people who are impacted under this bill, some say, are people willing to submit themselves to regulation and licensure. And really, you know, that the state, they say, should not be locking up people who are watching their friends' puppies. Perhaps, though, one animal lover summed it up best, saying, I'm all for the little guy in business, but I just want the dogs to be safe. Uh, Can you even imagine losing your pet and then getting a ransom note? If you haven't already pictured that little, you know, angry icon Facebook thing, (laughs) you will soon. Detectives in Hot Springs, Arkansas, are looking for this person who has tried to collect ransom payments from three pet owners who lost their animals. Yes, it's a scam. Uh, The scam's first victim was a woman who trains horses and her cat, Orange Orange, disappeared from her barn at the racetrack back in the middle of February. It was a really close family cat because her daughter had picked out the cat. Now, after five weeks of waiting for a response to all of her lost and found ads and posters and postings, she received a text message from a man who claimed to have Orange Orange. The man claimed his granddaughter had found the cat and just brought it to his house. And so he offered to drive the cat back to the owner's. Uh, he declined any reward money, you know, so he seems, you know, like a very valiant gesture. But he did ask for $60 in gas money. Hmm. So the cat was supposed to be delivered the next night. That didn't happen. And she had already sent $60 in gas money. So, yes, you're, if you're thinking now that he doesn't really have the cat, no, he did not. So this woman was already out 60 bucks, still did not have her cat. And by 10.30 the next morning... The man texted, demanding an extra $100, telling her, your cat is worth it. Come on, lady, don't do this to your kid. He's worth it. You know you want to get him back home with your little girl. So, I mean, this guy's almost trying too hard at that point. (laughs) So the owner, you know, she's doing what she has to do to make her little kid happy, and she sent him a total of $330. Luckily, it was through PayPal, and then she called the police. I wish she had done that in In exact reverse, but... Yeah, and then there are two other very similar stories in that they think, police say, are probably perpetrated by the same man. So luckily, police subpoenaed the scammer's account information from PayPal, and they say when and if this scammer is caught, he will face a charge of computer fraud, which is serious, and carries a maximum sentence of six years in prison and a $2,500 fine. But the other two people whose story I didn't talk about there did say that they were just heartbroken that somebody would take the loss of their pet and try to turn it around for their own gain you know yeah there are people like that yeah well what is your favorite smell nothing Mm. kinky guys (laughs) uh joy freshly baked bread cheeseburgers oh that's a good one i like fresh laundry but uh, if you enjoy the gentle nuzzle of a soft, tiny kitten, then Demeter Fragrance Library says get ready to spritz yourself with their brand new scent called <laughs> Kitten Fur, <laughs> Oh, the New York-based company. Yes, it's real. I know what to get uh, out for develop... Christmas now. Exactly. They do things kind of like you were saying, you do like baked bread, everyday fragrances that are, you know, smell good to us. They capture the essence and warmth of everything. And apparently there's a spot on a kitten's neck that is exactly that, that just smells really good. And after all these years, I have failed to find that spot, and I have i have held plenty of kittens. But if you are one of the ones, people swear this is true. In fact, you might remember that we told you about a Japanese company that had done its own version of this kitten neck smell last year. Uh but now we have the, you know, made in America version. The scent of kitten fur is being sold in several products, including cologne, roll on perfume. They're they're doing body lotion, shower gel, and <laughs> even diffuser oil if you would like for your whole room to smell like one big kitten. Uh prices range from six bucks for a half an ounce, that's a teeny bit of cologne, to forty ounces or forty dollars for four ounces of cologne. Hmm. Wow. Mm, Mm. Siamese (laughs) (laughs) I'm Lori Brooks Get more breaking animal news Anytime at AnimalRadio.com This has been an Animal Radio News Update Get more at AnimalRadio.com
0: You're listening to Animal Radio Find us at AnimalRadio.com Log on, learn more
1: Let's hit the phones right now to line four and Greg. Hey, Greg, how
2: are you?
13: Oh, just trying to get a hold of the doctor.
2: Oh, she's right here. I'm here.
13: What can I do? (laughs) I don't know who I talked to this morning. It was more more of a a, a big cat in the truck.
2: A big cat like a lion or a tiger?
13: No, 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 just a big cat.
2: Full-size cat. cat.
13: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He just poops everywhere in the truck.
2: Uh Uh-oh. Okay, so you're traveling with your cat in in the truck with you. Well,
7: yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, so when you're traveling, with your I like ki-
7: I like your show. You, you guys do a hell of a job.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. I want to know a little bit about your kitty's litter box situation when you're in the truck. So, what kind of situation do you have for the kitty?
13: Well, hold on just a sec.
10: Just a second. Are you,
1: are you <laughs> well, driving? Okay. Are you driving huh? at the, at this at this time? Oh, oh my yeah. god. Oh
10: my. Oh, yeah. be careful. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Please, we no, encourage the- you not to call us while you're driving. That's uh, That oh, could be illegal it- in some states.
8: Well, I'm in Nevada, so...
13: Oh, okay. Any, anything's Nevada. legal there. <laughs> Why well, can't get the cat to come out to talk to you. Oh, you- uh-huh.
1: well, the cat would talk to us? Meow. <laughs>
13: Meow. Yeah, Howard.
1: So, so is it, uh, it taking to dump in a certain place?
13: Everywhere in
2: the bunk.
1: Anywhere in the bunk?
2: Yeah. Okay. So, and, and I'm assuming you have a regular litter pan somewhere for the kitty, right? Well, I'm going to throw him out in the desert, is what I'm going to do. So, no oh, okay. is the answer to that question. <laughs> All right. Well, well we got to give the kitty an, a suitable litter pan site because otherwise he's going to pick the most favorable site. And, you know, a bedded area, carpeted areas, fabrics, things like that are very appealing to cats. So, I can't blame him. You know, that's probably the most comfortable spot to go. But what we need to do is convince him that there's better places to go and to make that spot a little bit more unfavorable for him. So I make sure we get a nice big litter pan, throw some litter in it, make it in a comfortable, stable spot inside the cab so that, you know, we don't worry about it shifting with movement because that can be scary, especially for cats traveling. We want to make sure that that is in a stable, comfortable place. And then in the area where he's going in your bunk, I'd say I'd have a couple remedies for you. Um, get some of that carpet runner um, and turn it upside down, that plastic carpet runner. Put that over the bunk area, and that's just kind of a kind way to make that an unfavorable area for him to tread um, and to hopefully not go into to defecate. There's other things you can use, double-sided tape. There's little scat mats, things like that, the compressed air that goes off if he walks by it. Um, make that area unfavorable, and of course, you know, if you want him to be comfortable and move around on your bed, take those down so that they're not going to be a deterrent for him to do those activities. But we really want to make sure that litter pan is suited, it's ready, and that we make it favorable for him. So if you have to switch litter types, uh, experiment with things, I will even sometimes for some cats, I will put a piece of a carpet in there if they like going on carpet i'll give them a piece but i'm going to ask them to do it in the litter pan so find what works for your kitty here and, and let's make them comfy in there
1: <laughs> i bet you said do uh, you have a what a tempur bed that they're going on i bet you it's something soft like that huh huh oh what a shame we lost him this portion of animal radio is brought to you by brilliant pad hey you don't need to rush home anymore to let your dog out Introducing Brilliant Pad. It is the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh one. Learn more over at BrilliantPad.com today. And I want to thank Brilliant Pad for underwriting Animal Radio.
6: If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877 247 1584. 877 247 1584. 877 247
0: 1584. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio, and you have no doubt by now seen just how service dogs can be so helpful to people that have uh, both physical and mental ailments. And uh, traditionally, they're, they're dogs, they're the same breed, and often golden retrievers and labs. Mm-hmm. Uh, very rarely do I see a small, like a yapper dog or a chihuahua as a service dog, but <laughs> I
4: they do there's like invisible disabilities and and yeah you do have the mental and emotional disabilities
1: that certainly those animals can be very helpful Mm -hmm. Um, and then today this is kind of interesting we're going to talk to a young lady now who has a pit bull as a service dog this kind of perked my ears up because when you think of a service dog you think of an animal that can be in restaurants that can be really in the public wherever you go and there's still a lot of people that are stigmatized by the, uh, the pit bull. They believe the pit bull is a very dangerous animal. So imagine if you're one of these people and you're sitting in a restaurant and sitting down next to you is a pit bull, how would you feel? You might, you might be a little bit at unease. So that's why we wanted to bring Rachel on to talk about her pit bull that she has. Hi, Rachel, how are you doing?
13: I'm good. How are you?
1: Very good. So tell us a little bit about the dog.
13: Um, well, her name is Sally. Uh, a couple of years ago, about two years ago, I started fainting, forgetting uh, what I was doing just in the moment. It was actually pretty scary uh, sure. just to fall down unconscious for no reason. And my doctor had recommended a syncope alert dog, which is a fancy word for fainting. And, and so uh, this
1: dog would sm- smell body chemicals before you faint, or what would what would be the purpose of the dog?
13: Well, they're not actually sure what it is that they sense before you faint, but uh, it's like a seizure alert dog. They're okay. not sure what it is, but there's something that certain dogs can pick up on and, give you time to at least get to a safe position before it happens. Sure. They told me it was so rare to find a syncope alert dog. I just uh, started looking for a dog that could perform medical response after a faint. You know, wake me up, make sure, you know, help me stand up. Sure. Those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Instead of going through a program which could take up of two years and thousands of dollars that I just didn't have, I started looking at shelters and I just found this tiny little rescue in Fontana, California where they brought out all these different dogs and this Little one just came right up to me and said, "Take me home."
5: <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and that happened to be a pit bull. Did you think about the breed? And I guess there really is no such thing as a pit bull anyway. But did you happen to think about the breed when you when you adopted Sally?
13: To be honest, no. Um, I've never had an issue with the breed itself, and all I was looking for was just a dog that had the right temperament and the right sensibilities for service work because it's such a demanding job.
1: Has she lived up to the uh, the challenge?
13: She is. She seems to love working with me. and She gets very proud whenever I ask her to do something, and she can show off that she's doing it.
1: Do people freak out when you have a pit bull in a a restaurant or an airport or a public place?
13: Uh, Not so much freak out. Um, I do get questioned a lot on whether or not they even can be service animals, and they can. Any dog that is a domesticated breed could be a service animal.
4: Do you ever find there's a place that bans pit bulls, and is she allowed to enter?
13: Well, I'm in California where, uh, at least in my area, they don't ban the breed, but as a service dog, she is exempt from breed-specific legislation.
2: Because there are some communities, and I thought in California, even that past pit bull bans or aggressive dog bans. So, I mean, if you were to travel to those areas, um, I guess what, what kind of recourse, how do you prove that, I mean, to someone who might challenge you?
13: Uh, To the people who challenge me, I honestly just say, look at her. She just exudes this behavior and this temperament style that's just so calm and so sweet. Most of the time, people don't even realize that she's with me until I tell her, hey, let's go and start walking.
1: Has she had any training?
13: Uh, Yes, she's actually still going through training. It's a very expensive process, but it's easier when I can pay over time than one lump sum.
4: Sure. And I understand. Do you have like a GoFundMe account set up or something for her?
13: We do. Um, it hasn't raised much. It doesn't get much circulation, but uh, honestly, every little bit helps when it comes in. So,
1: where can people go to learn more about it and, and donate money?
13: If they wanted to donate money to Sally, they can go to uh, gofundme.com backslash service dog Sally and they'll see our story. It's about, you know, what's Along with me medically and how she's being trained to assist me in the different tasks that I need her to do.
1: That must be a great feeling to have her because I I know to lose control of your consciousness and and be in a situation where you're vulnerable and exposed is tough and to have a a dog that's protecting you and actually a pit bull that might actually scare somebody off (laughs) uh is is a great relief for you.
13: It, It really is and um I mean, some of my coworkers even have admitted that while they're afraid of dogs, they're not afraid of her uh mm-hmm. a lot of them like to say you can't be afraid of that face <laughs> it's that the cutest face you could possibly imagine but I was actually concerned that, you know, first responders might be a little afraid of her. So I went to uh, the firehouse that's pretty close to my house, and I introduced her to all the guys there just so they knew if they ever got called to take care of me, they would Ah. know her and be comfortable around her.
1: Yeah, that that would be...
13: Oh, that's great thinking. yeah. Yeah.
1: It's an incredible story. And I encourage listeners to go check out your uh, GoFundMe page. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, Rachel. Yeah,
13: thank you for having me. Will you
1: give Sally a big old hug from all of us, okay? Okay, will do. Okay, it's time for us to get on out of here. If you need your fix during the middle of the week, check out the website at animalradio.pet or download the animal radio app for iphone and android and as i always say if you happen to be one of those people that has a yorkshire terrier or a shih tzu a pug or a mini schnauzer check out dr debbie's books how to be your dog's best friend They're kindle books available over at amazon and we of course have links over at animalradio.com have yourself a great week
3: bye-bye bye Bye. i'm in search of um a good animal smell (laughs) (laughs) And I may not have one to tell you about until next week, but we'll see you then. This is
6: (gasps) Animal Radio (laughs) Network.
3: Network.